Hey friends, welcome to episode 146 of Motherhood in Hollywood. Actors, this episode is for you. My guest today is Shannon Sturgis. She is not only an actress herself, but she is also an acting coach and teacher at Spicer Sturgis Acting Studio here in LA. Stay tuned guys, she's got a lot of wonderful advice and info that you're going to want to listen up, take notes. (laughs) Here we go. Come on mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. What a wonderful couple of weeks it's been. I hope you guys had a great 4th of July. I took a little bit of a break, some time off. Um, to just spend some time with my fam and uh, do fireworks and all that good stuff. But also, if you've been paying attention on social media, you'll know that I just started a new job. I am over the moon, could not be more excited. I am going to be covering entertainment for NBC Los Angeles, the number one station, number one TV station, you guys, in the number two largest market in the country. And I'm I just, I still can't even believe it. I'm pinching myself every day because I'm like, is this real life? Is this really happening? Uh, But it is. I started training last week and um, this coming week, I've got a couple of um, big projects to cover. I'm covering the Emmy nominations that are going out, that are going to be coming out on Thursday. I'm also going to be um, hopefully going to the skyscraper premiere. I got to figure out childcare, which as you know, guys is, uh, half the battle <laughs> when you're a working mom. Um, and especially, you know, in any industry really, but when you're a working mom, it's, it's figuring out childcare is one of the biggest challenges. And now that I have this new position, it's not like a steady nine to five kind of job. I'm sort of, I go wherever the entertainment stories are happening and when they're happening, which is kind of what I've been doing with motherhood in Hollywood. But now it's like a a job, <laughs> if that makes any sense at all. It's going to be so much fun. I, I have the NBC name behind me now. And so I just feel like I can take over the world. Like it's, it's so exciting. I'm so thrilled. Please take a minute. Make sure you're following me on all my social media channels because I'll be posting about uh, what I'm covering on NBC as well. But you can also um, follow NBC LA on Instagram, um, Facebook, and Twitter. And you'll see a lot of my posts uh, covering entertainment there as well. Thank you to everyone who said congrats. I'm just so excited. So excited. Uh, we spent the fourth watching fireworks with friends, um, having a couple of beers, you know what I'm saying? And just having a really wonderful time. So it was a great little holiday, great break, but now got to shift gears, got to focus, got to get back in business because in two weeks it's Comic-Con. It's San Diego Comic-Con, the nerd Mecca of the entertainment world where, Tens of thousands of people descend on the downtown area in San Diego to see their favorite TV shows, movies, comic books, um, superheroes, like video games, everything you can think of. It's all pop culture, all happening in San Diego. And the brokers are going to be there. All of us, the whole fam. We're taking Channing this year. It'll be her first Comic-Con and I'm really excited for her to see all of the wackiness and fun, uh, fun stuff happening down there. So make sure again, that you're following me on the social to see who I get to interview should be a fun time. Okay. Don't forget you guys, if you've got an event 
or something you'd like me to uh, mention, a community calendar sort of thing, if you will, feel free to email me. You can email me at heather at motherhoodinhollywood.com. I'll check it out and um, I'll mention it on the podcast. Whether you're in LA or wherever you are in the world listening, I want to say hello to everybody in Canada that's listening. I know there's a lot of you there and I appreciate you so much. I see you um, listening and sharing the show. Also, big shout out to everybody over in the UK who is listening and Australia. I know you're there and I, I am shocked that you're listening to my podcast but also really grateful. So thank you guys. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up because I want to get to my guest today. This is uh, Shannon Sturgis. She has been on a couple of soap operas. You guys might remember Port Charles and Passions. She's also been on a lot of TV shows like Nip Tuck, Cold Case, and The Mentalist. And she is an acting coach and teacher here in Los Angeles at Spicer Sturgis Acting Studio. And we are going to dive deep into... Um, the audition process, auditioning. And um, she also has a really wonderful legacy here in Hollywood that I can't wait to share with you guys as well. So here is my interview with Shannon Sturgis. So we have an acting expert. Can I call you an expert? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We have an acting expert on the show today and I'm so excited. We've already been talking a lot about your acting studio. We've already been talking a lot about being a mom with juggling auditions and all that stuff. So I want to unpack all of that. Um, welcome to the show, Shannon. Thank you. So nice to meet you, Heather. Thank you. Um, so I want to talk a little bit, first of all, about you and your background. You have a legacy in Hollywood. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, my grandfather was one of the greatest writer, producer, directors of all time, Preston Sturgis, um, which nobody knows who he is anymore. I mean, it's really, you know, if you went to film school, maybe you know who he mm-hmm. is, you know. Um, but it's still a lovely legacy. I'm, 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 his work was amazing. Um, and what, then, kind of, what movies did he write? Um, he had a, a particularly amazing span in the, the late 1930s. He wrote Christmas in July, The Great McGinty, won an Academy Award for it, um, Sullivan's Travels, which they play a clip of at the Oscars usually most years, uh, one of my favorites, um, The Lady Eve, uh, he's just—he's a wonderful, com- mostly romantic comedies. So what you he's known for. grew up in the business, then, in 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 a way, Not or no? Really, um, my mother di- my mother was an actress, and my father was an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother died when I was an infant, and then mm. I had a series of stepmothers, and then I went to go live with my grandmother. Uh, and so sort of outside of the business, my mm-hmm. grandmother hadn't been in the business, but it was sort of something I knew was there and always, you know, the only images really that I have of my mother are like old headshots and a couple of, uh, yeah. movie things that I've seen her in. So where did the draw for you come from then to get into this business? Well, I think I understood the pitfalls that can mm-hmm. happen. I think I understood, um, and of course, a desire to be an artist. I mean, I, I think that acting is one of the most exciting art forms because you use all of you, you know. The, um, and I think at the core, there's a lot of actors, actually all human beings, that probably also just want to be loved and accepted. Yeah. And that's another reason to go into the business. Yeah. And, um, you know, which is why fame can oftentimes be so toxic. I mm-hmm. think people, they don't really get what it is they think they're looking for. But when you go into it as an art form and you learn more about yourself and about other people, mm-hmm. and it's just exciting. It's exciting to watch people's lives transform. We all, I feel like a lot of actors, we have this need, this like whole, 
hole we're trying to fill or some kind of space we're trying to fill, whether it's with love, acceptance, you know, attention, whatever. Um, I always say I need applause to live. Like I'm definitely one of those people that's like, if you don't think I'm funny, I don't think we can be friends. I always say, (laughs) you know, you're an actor, just add praise. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so I totally agree with that. Like there's something, this need that we have in us for attention, um, or to create something in some way. Um, so tell me a little bit about your acting experience. Like, was it difficult getting started? Did you find success right away or I, I was pretty lucky right away. I was a pretty adorable little 21 year old who <laughs> didn't really know any better. My family history didn't help at all, but, um, I had a really hard work ethic That's right. and, uh, I found my partner early, Aaron Spicer, who I, uh, my acting teaching partner. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, I understood, I began to learn what it was that I was doing, and I got a soap opera right away, and... That's great. Yeah. What soap were you on? I was on Days of Our Lives. <gasps> the best. Yes. It's I the was best. part of a super couple. It was wonderful. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. It wasn't creatively really what I wanted at oh, the sure. time. But, um, but it was really a wonderful experience. And I, I still have friends from, uh, from that, uh, I just went to Stacy Greason's wedding and I mean, I just have wonderful friends from that time. And then I sort of got known for, I did a, uh, Aaron Spelling series, which was, that's another, you know, mm-hmm. life joy to get to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't Charlie's Angels, but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought of it as such, um, sure. three girls and, um, and that was wonderful, and we shot that in Atlanta. And then I did a whole series of uh, television movies, Lifetime movies. So many people so know great. and recognize me yeah. from those. Yeah, and did some more soap operas, and just kept busy. I've had, I've been very lucky until I decided that uh, teaching was really my passion. What do you think was the tipping point there? Because you know, there's. Um there's a lot of people who are, who keep slogging away in the industry every day, auditions, 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 waiting for that big break, that big moment, the, the tipping scale that's going to get them to the A-list or whatever. Um, and then there are people who just say, you know what, I would much rather be teaching. This is not as fulfilling anymore. Was there a point where you felt that or? Well, you know, I've never given up my love for acting, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm fulfilled creatively through the teaching. And then there was a part of me that just went, you know, I don't feel comfortable coaching people for auditions and being with them as their teacher and mentor. And then having me sign in after them on a call sheet or a sign in sheet. I'm so glad to hear you say that. That was actually one of the things I wanted to bring up because my good friend Heather and I talk about auditions all the time. We talk about classes all the time. And I always have a problem going to classes that are taught by people who are currently acting and auditioning because I feel like are they truly being selfless in their notes and their direction of you or are they thinking I'm going to have to audition against this person or I got these same sides for this audition tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? And I like to think for those people who are doing that, that they are being selfless. I mean, when when I coach two different actors for the same role, I'm going to give them different stuff because they're bringing different things to me. Right. But yeah, there's, you know, if, if somebody we're human. I mean, if somebody like, if I created and came up with something really great, would I want to give that to them when I created it? Yeah. And, and just a great point. And even, even if it wasn't somebody auditioning for my role, you know, if it was a man coming in auditioning to be my love interest or something, it just, it seems like they need to look to me as, uh, 
someone they can trust. Right. And yeah. I just worried that that would uh, erode some of the trust. And I get my creative juices going with 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 the teaching mm-hmm. and I get to be on set with a lot of my clients and so it's really wonderful and I can eat craft service now yay <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to I was never a stick but I don't have to worry about it <laughs> I know I really we have our windows open because it's a warm day here in LA and my house is weirdly hot so occasionally you'll see garbage trucks go by but it's like um always when I'm recording my podcast there'll be a big train that mm-hmm. decides to go by and people are like there's trains in LA and I'm like yeah they're right by my house right. <laughs> I, I live by the tracks everybody <laughs> the right the tracks, side the right side of the tracks um no I love to hear you say that because that's something that holds me back a lot when I'm looking for acting classes and I'm looking for somewhere to go because I feel like I desperately need to be in a community of other actors I have I started motherhood in Hollywood, um, as a way to connect with actors. It has swung so far in a different direction where I'm like in this influencer space. And now I'm doing a lot on Instagram and I'm hanging out with mommy bloggers. And that's not why I started this. And it's not really who I am. So now I'm like purposely trying to swing back the other way and find a community of actors and a class. But I keep coming up with, um, either someone who's already currently acting, which I'm not a huge fan of, or it's Meisner technique. (laughs) And I know that's terrible, but I'm like, I've taken so many Meisner classes and it just doesn't connect with me. I'm just right. Maybe I'm just not a Meisner gal. I don't know. What are my, what are my other options for like other, I know there's other techniques, you know? Well, I can't really speak to anybody, what anybody else is teaching. You know, people will come in and complain about other acting teachers to me all the time when they, you know, are auditing one of my classes. Sure. And it's like, well, I, I mean, I don't have any complaints, right, right, but right. I just, I'm like, that's Meisner. not what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, our, our Meisner comes down from Stanislavski. What, what I teach is, you know, same thing comes down from Stanislavski, but it's about being truthful. It's about always just finding the truth, right. creating behavior that's truthful. Um, so nobody thinks that you're acting. Right. And whatever it is that works for you. It's funny because I've never taken Meisner. And I'll ha- I love the technique that I teach of substitution. And people who come from a Meisner experience that they haven't enjoyed will say to me like, oh, substitution. And I'm like, well, I don't know what they're teaching there. But listen to my te- But ultimately, you're the one who's out there at the audition. Mm -hmm. You're the one who's on set. I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to give you, I say, the permission to do, and then you're going to do what works for you. Ultimately, it's you. I can't, I'm not your puppet. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, master. I'm going to help you create the performance that you want, that you're comfortable with, that you can rely on when I'm not there to be able to do what you want. One of my biggest frustrations is when I do prepare a scene, it's a really big audition. It could, you know, I put a lot of pressure on it. Like, Oh my God, this could be it. And I go in and the casting directors say, okay, thanks. After one take. And you don't get any redirection. You don't get a chance to show them what else you do. Um, how do you tell actors to cope with that? Because it's like, we have so much, like just let us perform it. I would do it a hundred times if they would let me, um, what do you tell actors when that happens? Like, how do they deal with that? <laughs> well, there's really not much you can say to mm-hmm. make it better, except for before you go in, I say that you shouldn't, it's not performance. Mm-hmm. I know everybody wants to you book want the room be, yeah. or you just want the praise. Yeah. You're like, wow, that was amazing. Thank you for coming right. in. 
But I think a lot of times what happens is if you try to give them what it is you think they want, that's not what they want. They don't know what they want or they do know what they want. You do what you want. There's no way you won't be satisfied if you don't go out, come out of there going, I did what I want. And then if it's, if it's one and done, then you're like, okay, they're going to go a different way with this. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to write this character out. They're happens, clearly yeah. not in, that invested in that character, right? It's, I can't tell you how many times an actor is, has said to me, you know, oh, it turns out they cast the director's sister or they cast, totally. you know, they uh, one of the, the principal's friend. You know, it mm-hmm. happens all the time. I... I watch so many casting tapes because I work a lot of times with directors mm-hmm. too. And the best audition doesn't always get it. They have the yeah. right look. They have the right energy. And sometimes, you know, I, and I, the actor in me <laughs> um, wants to go and find those actors and go, you know, Here's I watched why. your tape yeah. and you were, you were amazing. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I can't do that because, but, but I have a whole list of actors in my head that I go, wow, I hope they know they booked it, even though they didn't. Right. That they know that they did. So when you go in there and you don't, you you try to make a casting director happy by, like, say, doing stage direction. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the wackadoo, like, eat right. something. And like, right. I've heard some people, like, literally will take in, like, a bowl of food and start eating or whatever. And I'm like, you know, don't do that. Right. <laughs> you don't have to do that. I was working with somebody the other day, and the the the, the parenthetical was, you know, oddly hollow oh like the actress was that's weird was saying it oddly hollow <laughs> <laughs> and i was like no you gotta get rid of that yeah, yeah yeah you do it as you want and i'm telling you if what they really need for you is to give a really flat dead reading mm-hmm. and you're in the ballpark then they'll give you direction to do that if right. that's what they need to hear otherwise be selfish for your auditions in the best way mm-hmm. do what it is you want to do create that so at least you go and, you know, I'd coach some people for, like, Star Wars and some really big things. Amazing. And I go, this is your chance to be in the franchise. Yeah. I mean, not thinking, like, I need to book this so I get the job, but in the room. Yeah. Play. You're, you know, laser blast or whatever. You yeah. You know, enjoy. And then. Do you think Harrison Ford was like, ugh, I'm just going to do what they want. I'm going to try to get with the casting director. <laughs> he gave no Fs. He went in there and he was like, I'm Han Solo. And then look what we got. You exactly. Know? And it's, it's. I think a lot of times we're, we're conditioned to be good little boys and girls. Sure. And so it's not really being, uh, it's not an F you to the casting director mm-hmm. to do what you want to do. And they'll, they'll direct you. They love that. They don't want to, you know, drag somebody across a finish line. Yeah. You know? Although there's a couple offices that I do appreciate. Every time I go in, they laugh. Like what I've said is the most hilarious <laughs> thing. And I'm like, thanks guys. And they've never booked me. Right. <laughs> So I'm like, whatever, at least they think I'm funny, I think. I don't know. One of my last <laughs> jobs when I was still acting was an episode of um, uh, The Mentalist. And the actors that I was surrounded with in that episode, I think had one had auditioned 13 times for the show mm-hmm. and wow. hadn't gotten it. And then they got this one. And the other one had, had uh, 21 times. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it's really a testament to... No, they love you. They know that you're going to make them shine. You're going to be a different... And then you never know. Yeah. I, when I teach a audition technique um, in my studio, I'll give a lot of times, I'll give the different actors the same material mm-hmm. so that they can see. So the so the other actors will sit and they'll see you come in and audition for something and they'll see me come in and audition for something and then they'll go, 
they were two good auditions, but one clearly is going to be right for the character, right for the fit. You just know it. I think they just know it and can see it. And I did that once I gave, uh, like four more than you know, two actors, two different male roles, right? The guys were buddies in a car. And when afterwards I looked and it was, everybody clearly chose one guy as the right one for say, you know, Frank. Right. And the other guy was the right one for Joe. And then you put them together and they didn't look like best friends. Yeah. So one of them wouldn't have gotten the job, right. even though they were the best of all the actors for that role in that reading. Yeah. So there's so many things that are so out of our control as actors. The only thing you're in control of is your performance. Yeah. Is is just creating that truth in that moment and then letting it go. The great big bag. Ooh, let it go. That is so hard to do. <laughs> it is. Um, one of Remember the those times when you weren't getting auditions, though, as Lee. Then yes. you go, okay, yeah. I am grateful for the audition, even though I wish they would just tell me, we loved you. We're giving it to, like, the biggest star on the planet I wish next they week. Would. Why don't they do that? Like, I, I wish that there was some sort of follow-up. Because at least, at least when you go on, like, job interviews, sometimes they'll send you an email that's like, I'm sorry, we're going with another candidate. Or this application is closed or whatever. Sometimes when you're auditioning, you just never hear from anybody ever again. Unless you have a really proactive manager who, like, reaches out. But I do not. When I was auditioning, um, I just decided that anything I didn't get, I was too young and too pretty for. There you go. I That's love that. That's just what I decided. <laughs> it didn't, it didn't matter no matter what. If, if <laughs> Even if they it. hired somebody who was older, it didn't matter. I was like, oh, no, too clearly I was too young and too pretty. Because uh. when you get to where you're at and when you've got the kind of um, relationships mm-hmm. that you have. Yeah. You know, it really is just a numbers game. It really it is. is just, it is. you know, it's not nothing you did. Yeah. And it would be nice when you really know that you nail it, if you mm-hmm. got that little feedback. Yeah. Which, of course, people get now with commercials a lot, with being put on a veil, or sometimes with theatricals, with being pinned. Mm-hmm. But then you want to go, well, how many other people were pinned? Right. What's my, you know. Right. So it's, it feels good, but then it hurts, too, because you're like, oh, yeah. I got... I didn't get it just as much as a person who didn't even make it past the pre-read. Yeah. Never once have I, when I've gotten feed, any feedback, has it been like, she just wasn't a good enough actor. It's always been like, they cut the role. Um, they gave it to a man. They um, are rewriting it and putting it in a future episode or, you know, whatever. It's always something like that. That's always out of my control. It's never been like, Oh, she was just not good enough. <laughs> it's never been like that. So it's never been, that weirdly satisfying, like, Oh, I knew it. You know, like I just knew I wasn't the best one. Um, one thing that I did, uh, years ago when I first got here was I interned at a casting office. Oh, that's great. It was to this day, one of the most valuable insights I ever had. I was there for six months and it was a casting office that was doing, um, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Oh yeah. And, um, it, I got to watch all of these actresses come in, all of these actors come in and do everything from like crazy banana stuff to stuff that was like really understated. And it was fascinating to watch. And it was also fascinating to hear the conversations happening in the office as to why so-and-so wasn't going to get the part. So I, I encourage everybody, if you can like reach out to a casting office or casting director and see if you can intern in their office and help them and learn from them because it is very eye opening. Like sometimes, you know, the actor, moved out of the shot so much or was moving around so much that they were just like, Ugh, you know, he's right. too crazy. Like we can't. Um, so he didn't get a shot cause he just couldn't stand still. Right. Um, 
And then there were some women that were just incredibly talented and funny and like groundlings and would come in and they brought it and they were just like, uh, she's not really hot enough for whatever. And I'm like, you're gross. Like, but it wasn't them saying it. It was like the producers and they were like, we have to carry out the wishes of the producer. So there's so much that's out of our control as actors. And deep down, I know that, but it's still, I think it takes really thick skin and years of practice to be able to let it go. Like you said, and this is where it's going to sound self-serving, but <laughs> whether it's my class or another one, having that creative fulfillment where you mm-hmm. go, okay, this is, I know I'm good. I, yeah. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Cause a lot of times, even in class, people are doing material that they'd be so lucky to get a shot of oh, sure. out in the real world. Sure. Right? You know, people bring in Academy Award, you know, yeah. Kate Blanchett roles. And yeah. it's like, well, let's hope you get to audition for that kind of stuff. But most of the auditions are not that full. Like right. I have an audition today that's two lines and I'm over the moon about it because it's a big feature film and I have yes. not auditioned for a feature film in years, like a really long time. So I'm like, woohoo, I'll take your two lines. And oh, I'm sorry. Are you allergic to cats? Not at okay, all. Okay, good. I love cats. She's a lover. Um, but yeah, so I'm over the moon about it because it's a feature and it's for an actual studio. It's not an indie. So I'm like, I'll take your two lines. But then I... And I'm, I'll see my health insurance. And I, yeah. <laughs> woohoo. But it's like I... You start then as an actor to go, okay, I'm going to pour all of the years of training that I have into these two lines and they're going to be blown away. <laughs> you can't. You can't. And you, you can't. can't do that. You can't. It's hard though, because when you're a character actor, like those are the lines you get. Right. The waitress, the bus driver, the whatever. And it's usually just a couple of lines and you want to stand out. You want to show them who you are and what you can bring to the table. But what they usually want is they need somebody to be a believable waitress, bus driver, you know? So it's just in making it, I remember once hearing uh, George Clooney talk about that. That's what I was just thinking of. What's my moment before? What's my pain? Like, no. Deliver the just pizza. deliver the pizza <laughs> I love that and that resonated with me so much when I heard that I was like yes just deliver the pizza just be the nurse at the nurse station like sometimes they don't need you to be the star they've already got the stars right. you know so that's that is so true and such a great reminder just deliver the pizza right and it's not always so satisfying no in terms of even the audition in terms of like wow that was you know mm-hmm but if it was easy, if it was, I, I shoot for effortless. <laughs> if the character's not, you know, struggling against anything, then it's, you know, it is effortless. what it is. Yeah. I mean, cause we could take our little two so or three lines. Like what's today? the character, what's the arc and what's the, you know, uh-huh. what are we looking for? What, what, what is for today? Oh, for mine uh-huh. is the secretary. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Live in the dream. You guys right. live in the dream. <laughs> You're like, am I sleeping with the boss? I'm like, I? at least it's not a bus driver. I get that a lot. It's like they take, I get bus driver or like angry prisoner. I was on the <laughs> mentalist as an angry prisoner, like That's a gang awesome. member. Like look at me, like a gang member. But I was like, this my, is my mother, I haven't seen a lot of the things that she's done, but she was, there's some movie with her in prison when I was looking I up it. images of her and, you <laughs> and know, she's angry, and very like, angry. As actors, though, I feel like we all think that we can be all things and yes. play all the roles. And I learned early on that I'm not necessarily ever going to be the ingenue. <laughs> that ship has sailed. Um, I'm not ever going to be probably the leading lady or the love interest. And that's okay. I want to be something with substance and like just make people happy or feel something. Like I don't necessarily want to have to do comedy all the time, but I would love for people to 
feel something. Like, do you remember the last movie you saw or television show you saw that you were like, oh, like what this poor person or like, oh my gosh, I, this is hysterical. Right. And there's nothing like laughing, you know, when yeah. you're in like a terrible mood yeah. <laughs> or, or just, you know, life is getting you down. Yeah. No. It's what are you watching right now? What is on your radar? Um, or movies or TV, either one. Oh, I'm going to sound so highfalutin here. I love Happy Valley on I Netflix. Heard of Happy it's Valley. a BBC, and okay. the acting is phenomenal. Are British actors better than American actors? No. They're not. They're not. Why do they keep getting all the parts? The Australians parts? are. No, and the Australians, kidding. I know. And the Australians. Oh, sorry, I scared my cat. And the Australians. Why do they keep getting all the parts? I don't know. Drives me crazy. Um, Rebel Wilson. <laughs> right, no kidding. <laughs> um... Uh, yeah, I don't know why that happens, but I, I don't think they're, um, but that show, Happy Valley, is, that's just what I've been watching lately. I There's a lot of shows I don't watch with my husband, because he's like, I don't like depressing stuff, and mm. I kind of like the depressing arts like stuff. Like Handmaid's Tale type stuff? Right. Or? He'll watch that with me. I'm watching Handmaid's so Tale. Good. I like, I love that. Um, I love all of the actors in that are, do a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I watching now? I went and saw like Deadpool 2, which I loved. You really? <laughs> yes. That's twisted. I, I love it. I know. <laughs> um, uh, my, I have a girlfriend who, uh, another mom, so we, we do our, um, uh, can I use the B word? Of or, course. Yeah, we Swear. walk and bitch on yeah. uh, Fridays and, and uh, sometimes other days, and we're like, let's go see a movie one day. We're like, we yeah. just need to forget about all of this. Yeah. And I, I think everybody wanted us to go see all the chick films, and we're like, okay. Deadpool 2, Infinity War. We yeah, go see all the, like all solo, the, right? all the fun movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Take me away. I love a good art house film just as much as the next person. But I also love the action packed, let's swear a lot and blow stuff up. <laughs> right. I, I love, you know, whatever it is, it's playing at the time before we have to go get our kids. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Well, I want to talk about your kids a little bit. So mm-hmm. when you were acting, um, when you were going on auditions regularly and stuff like that, how did you... Um, juggle being a mom like for how many kids do you have I have two I have two, two boys so two boys did you take them to auditions with you did you uh struggle to find childcare? like what was that like for you oh it was awful yeah um <laughs> I mean yeah when they were really little I would take them with me or if they were in preschool you know I'd try to have my auditions like anyway you can you know because they would always because if, if I would take them with me, you know, then they fall asleep in the car and then mm-hmm. you feel like the worst mom in the world to wake I them know. up and drag them into, into your, your audition. audition. Yeah. Where they're like, can I have a snack? Can I have a, it's like, oh, why do they eat so that? much? And Nobody we, tells you they eat so much. Con- my daughter is constantly eating. There is so, w- wait till I have a 16 year old. Eat a lot. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Like, like the arguments over food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no and food boys. In the I think house. are worse because they like they're growing so fast yes. and they they're eating so much. So like we just look, we mark our you know kids on the wall and there was we. My son is now just taller than me, so I went to go take a look at the wall and I was like, mm-hmm. let's see how much. I'm like, look, that was just nine months ago. Yeah, and then I went. No wonder you're so cranky. Uh, yeah, and then later my husband looked at the same thing and he went, no wonder he's so cranky. <laughs> That's so true, though. Yeah, this is the same thought. I'm dreading the teen years. I'm not going to lie. My daughter yeah. has very big feelings and very big emotions already. And I'm just like, 
oh my god you're only five <laughs> like what are you gonna be like when you're 15 yeah there i wish oh. i there was something i could do to prepare you but I can't. <laughs> there's nothing you know, it's stock I'm with, just gonna hit it stock with the wine and <laughs> take a deep breath <laughs> uh, i know lots of meditation <laughs> remember that their brains aren't fully formed yet <laughs> not yet not yet um so you then uh had to kind of figure it out like figure out how you wanted to navigate that with auditions and stuff like that like i'm always surprised how there hasn't been more. I think there's a couple places now, but there aren't more childcare places in in LA for actors, like drop-in type childcare places. Yeah, I know. I'd heard like there, there was always like a rumbling, like this is going to start, mm-hmm. or they have this there, and it never seemed to come to fruition. There is one now um, called a Wee Village in oh. Studio City. It's drop-in. It's by you. Just go online, say I need a book for two hours. Blah blah blah. blah. It's great, and oh, it's fairly wonderful. affordable. Yeah, it's a beautiful place too. It's not like gross and <laughs> sticky everywhere. You know what you think of it. And that said, I probably would have yeah. jumped them in. Right, if I like, could have hey, found a place mommy has like, like, right. Um, and so it's uh, it, but it's in Studio City, and then so you've got people over the hill who are like, that's inconvenient for me, and you know. But I'm like, at least it's something. At least it's something. So you don't have to cancel your audition. You don't have to put your, you know, dreams on hold. And I think there's so many moms and young actor moms who wait to have kids because they're waiting for that perfect time when they get that series regular job or they hit it big as an actor or their rap album drops, like whatever. They're waiting to have kids because they think Hollywood is going to be in coming to them with all these opportunities and they want to have the money to be able to have a full-time nanny and you know all the on-set child care whatever and I after having my daughter realize like Hollywood is not waiting for me so I'm not going to wait for it I'm going to have my kid I'm going to live my life I'm going to pursue my dreams my way Hollywood is always going to be here there's always going to be movies and tv and youtube and all of that but I may not always be able to have kids. So that's why I was like, we're going to do this and not wait for this town. Right. <laughs> and it, it deepens you as an actor. Sure. Oh, you know? totally. I mean, now, yeah. now like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> like yeah. that exhaustion, that frustration. Those, it's another those level. Memories. You're like, okay, that love, that, that all of it. It's like, it's oh, a different level. Now I understand. It's, it's not like the same kind of love for your cat or your dog. It's similar. Right. But it's a different kind of love. Yeah. Did you see Tully? I did. What did you think about Tully? I loved it. I loved, I loved it, it too. And I love all those actors. They were yeah. wonderful. There were literally moments where I was in tears where Charlize Theron was in the car and her kid was kicking the back of the seat. Yes. I teared up because something like my daughter doesn't kick the back of the seat because she's on the other side. But right. there well, that's have been why moments I put like my that. kids yeah, on the like other side. Yeah, like over there because she would kick my seat <laughs> right, constantly. Yeah. But like there's um, that feeling of like you can't escape and it's the constant barrage of like, oh my God, this kid but you love them. So it's not like you can get rid of them. <laughs> one you know one of I mean? my friends who's an actor and a, a mother, we said, uh, some years ago, the perfect word was relentless, relentless. It's relentless. It's unending. And then I said that to somebody else and they said that, that depressed them. And I was, I was a new mother. Apparently I, I should have waited. Um, but it's not relentless. But it's just, it just, you just never get a break. Never get a break. Never get a break. We were yesterday, Channing and I went um, berry picking. My daughter oh. is Channing, uh-huh. and we went berry picking because um, I was like, okay, we'll go outside. We will be in the heat a little bit and wear her out. You know, she'll, she'll have an activity uh-huh. she could do with her hands or whatever. We got out there. It was so quiet and so peaceful. I was like, oh, this is lovely. And she talked the whole time. Mom, look at this. Oh, a blueberry. This one's purple. This one's green. Look at this. And I'm like, oh my God, stop talking. Just enjoy <laughs> the the scenery for like a minute. And she just, 
I don't even know how she finds all the words, but she just <laughs> talked nonstop and then talked to the whole 45 minute drive back. So by the time my husband got home yesterday, I was like, I just, mommy needs a break. Can you just help out? And he's great about that. But yeah, it's unending. It's relentless, but I wouldn't change it. I mean, we still got no. to pick berries together. Like who gets to go and do that on a Monday morning with their kids, you know? So it was all wonderful. And so I feel always feel guilty complaining because it's so great and I wouldn't change it for the world. And I think a lot of moms probably feel that way. Yeah. Although I don't think you should feel guilty complaining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you don't feel guilty about praising. You know, right. How right. much joy and it's, you know, it's, it's not easy, you know? And then, I, cause I remember I used to think it was, mm-hmm. I was such a good mother before I became a mother. <laughs> I was the best. Everyone is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, my children won't be doing that. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I would never use an iPad at dinner. Right. Like, no, no, no. Hand me the phone right the now. The car <laughs> is a playpen. Never. <laughs> <laughs> my car is a mess. mess. So, uh, yeah, I forgot where I was going to go with this. Um, You're always but, a good mother before you actually become a mother. Right. Um, Nah, it's totally gone. Mom brain. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to me all right. the see, time. And I get to, see, then you get to blame stuff on the kids. 100%. Everything, you know? You sometimes. also get to cancel plans for people on a Friday night that you don't want to go because of the kids. I am now at the age with my boys where we can leave them home alone. Mm-hmm. And now my older son is driving. Oh, wow. And so that's really exciting. It's, you know, it's not going away or anything like that. But uh, we can go out to a movie and go out to dinner. It was very exciting when that first started happening oh that's nice I'm still gonna be I think I'll still be really nervous but maybe I'll be ready by the time we get to them be like bye right we're going out um I would love to know considering all of the actors you've worked with and all of the scenes you've done all of the um you know notes you've given and all of that like is there any one piece of advice that you really share with everybody that you really feel like this drives it home as an actor you know, whether to not give up or let it go or, you know, what is the one thing that kind of resonates with everybody? Well, let it go really is, you know, I mean, I think that's good life advice. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you still have to prepare. You can't let go of nothing, (laughs) right? Because I don't want, you know, something that a lot of actors will do, you know, if the scene involves like pain, you know, they'll say, well, the character's covering it. (laughs) or we're you know and we do cover our pain but you still need to have it first so you have to have all of your preparation and then you have to let it go Mm -hmm. you have to just be in the moment and uh which again is good life advice it's easier said than done sure you know it's difficult to and and also to remember that you're not competing with anyone oh see I'm competing with everyone I literally are you winning I'm not winning (laughs) I'm not winning I think it depends on who you ask but I'm so competitive but it's hard in a community type setting where you want to support people and all of that but I also am like I'll take you out of the knees if you get this and I don't (laughs) like I'm just being honest like I'm weirdly competitive like that so it's not a competition if you don't participate so trying not to because I, I I look at it, which is a really terrible analogy, but it works for me, mm-hmm. like a dog show. <laughs> okay. How, I love right, it. For a dog show, how do you compare the standard poodle to the uh, basset hound? Right, right. Right? You can't. They're so different. It's just the best of them that they can be. Right, right. So you're not competing with your friends or that. I'm sure you have those one or two other actresses mm-hmm. that you always see at the always, audition. Right? Yeah. And it's like one of them's always getting it. And for and remember, there's another actress out there that 
it's you for her. Right, right, right. right? But you're not competing with them. Yeah. You're really not. Yeah. It's just you. It's your journey. It's your art. It's your enjoyment. Um, you have no idea why somebody else gets something. And so every once in a while, you will know. Like, they were they wanted somebody who looked less like the leading lady. They wanted yeah. a, a bigger change. They wanted to... I have a lot of students of color, right? So then that comes into, mm-hmm. you, you know, they wanted somebody, especially if I'm talking about my African-American students, you mm-hmm. know, somebody darker, somebody lighter. It's like... Right. Right way. It's not enough to even be a person of color. I've got to be the right shade. The right know? shade, it's yeah. It's really... It's so subjective. But it's true. It's like, yeah. well, who are the parents? Who are the kids? Who are they casting around? There's yeah. so much that's out of your control. That happened to me a lot commercially. I lost a lot of stuff when they would cast like a... I was always paired with like the redheaded kids. Right. And their moms were always so excited because they were like, yay, yeah, redheaded yeah. mom. And I'm like, hey, sorry, but I never book commercials, so good luck. Um, but yeah, they always want to kind of pair you up that way. Right. Um, but let it go. And, and, for, and, that, and they're sure. going to cast around the kids because those are more difficult to right. find good kids for right. sure. So then it's like, oh, okay. Then it's like, do, you know, or, and then do you look like you match the husband? And- yeah. You live in that world. Um, I always try to say to myself now after auditions to be like Elsa and just let it go. Uh-huh. And it's like, okay, I'm much better about that now than I was 10 years ago. That's the hundreds of auditions worth of experience talking to be like, all right, I'm just going to relax. And I'm sure your daughter helps too. Totally. Because now <laughs> I don't have time to worry about right. it. Right. I've got to race and pick her up from school. We've got to figure out what 15th snack for the day she's going to have and you know, there's, there's other stuff going on and motherhood in Hollywood has been a wonderful distraction too, because then it's like, okay, great. That's done. Now I can go and, and do this. Having a full life, whether somebody's a, a mother or, uh, is helpful always. Yeah. You can't, you know, my grandmother used, I was raised by my grandmother. So I've got many old timey sayings. I love it. But she used to always say, don't put all your eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I'll have sometimes some actors will say to me, you know, like I quit my job. I'm all in. It's like, that's oh, no, good. now yeah. you're going to come from a place of desperation. Yeah. I understand, you know, if you have a job that's sucking your soul, yeah. <laughs> which yeah, some of yeah. my, my students do. Yeah. I, too, had a very wise and lovely grandmother, too. So I appreciate the old timey sayings. And I, I totally agree. Like, you can't just go all in on acting, especially in today's acting world. Whenever you got, you're up against YouTube stars now. You're up against Instagram influencers, and it's insane. It's insane. I, I, you know, and some of these because I've worked with a lot of them as well. Some of them are wonderful and amazing, and have mm-hmm. the most amazing worth ac- work ethic. And some are just like, eh, I'm going to do it when I want to do it, and I don't need right. to do it, and they just want me to be me. And I'm like, they mm-hmm. might not. You might be right, you know, (laughs) so why are we here? (laughs) Right, right, exactly. And that's a whole nother level to the industry that I'm learning about and fascinated by because it keeps evolving. You know, it's not the same as it was 10 years ago when I started. And and I'm sure in another 10 years, um, it will not be the same either. And and so I'm hoping that I can keep the love for it that I have and stick with it. Because it's like a lifelong dream and you don't want to let go of your dreams. It's like, it's like, and you don't need to. Yeah. I mean, they'll adjust. They'll, Mm -hmm. you know, um, especially because it sounds like you're in it for the right reasons, you know? Um, no, I, I want to be a huge star. Like (laughs) I want to be super famous. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I want to not be able to go anywhere. I want people to just, I just want paparazzi outside my house constantly. (laughs) 
Um, oh, we all want that, don't we? We all want that, yes. <laughs> oh, here I am in the morning. To... <laughs> no, I don't, that's an illusion. I've never picked my nose in my life. <laughs> <laughs> They're stars. They're just like us. Um, well, where can people find you if they want to find out more information about your acting classes or come and see you and audit a class? Oh, we'd love to see anybody who's in, or even if they're coming in from out of town, Spicer Sturgis Acting Studio. We're in Los Angeles. Uh, I think we're the best. <laughs> um, I absolutely love what I do, and we really have an amazing community of people. That's one of the things I love. We've got people from all over the world. We've got people from all stages of life. Um, you know, it's never too late. A lot of people will say to me, oh, I always wanted to do this, you know. I'll have 25-year-olds say to me that they think they they, they waited too long. No. Oh, I know. It's, you know, it's, it's an art form that's that you can participate in for your entire life. Right. Right. And that's a great reminder too. Um, I'm going to put up information about Spicer Sturgis on my website, a motherhood and And thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom with me and, and laughing at my jokes. Pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. All right, you guys, that's going to do it for me. Make sure you check out motherhood and for more information. And you follow me on Twitter at Heather Brooker and Facebook and Instagram at motherhood in Hollywood. Have a wonderful week, you guys. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.